The team have selected their panel and they've motivated them to stay. How do they now collect their responses? Professor Annette Yekler, Associate Director of Innovations for Understanding Society, explains. We develop the questionnaire and then there are different ways in which we implement this. So part of the sample we invite to complete the questionnaire online. So we'll send them a letter and emails with the link to their own personal survey and we'll ask them to complete that. And then only if they don't complete this survey online, then at some point we'll send out an interviewer to knock on their door and to complete the survey with them. Now, there's another part of the sample that we issue straight to interviewers. And these are people who we know don't use the internet or would be very unlikely to complete the survey online. And then for both those groups, regardless of whether we issue them to the web first and then have the interviewers follow up or those who we issue straight to the face-to-face -face interviewers, at the end of the fieldwork period, we can to try and get them to complete the survey. We also have a telephone follow-up. So where we have telephone interviewers call them on the phone to complete the survey. Not everybody has access to the internet. And even among those people who do, not everybody is able or willing to use the internet to complete a survey. So we do find that those people who complete the survey online are different in some ways from those who complete it with a face-to-face -face interviewer. So for example, um, the web respondents tend to be more wealthy. And that's a really important question. And it's also the reason why we can't yet at least do surveys only online because the respondents that we get just with the online questionnaire are not that representative of the population as a whole. The type of question that we worry about most are sensitive questions or things that might not be very socially desirable, where we find we know from previous experimental studies that people will report more truthfully. So people will report more truthfully, so they will admit, you know, undesirable things, report more truthfully if they're completing the survey on their own. So in our case, on the web, rather than with an interviewer. So that's a potential issue. And the way we get around that in understanding society is that as part of the face-to-face -face interviews, we have a section of the questionnaire that we ask respondents to complete on their own without the interviewer. So initially that was a paper questionnaire that the interviewer handed over and the respondent completed on their own. And in more recent years, that is now computerized. So it's on the, on the interviewer's laptop, but the respondent completes this on their own the interviewer doesn't see the questions and they don't see the answers. And that is to ensure that people feel um, safe and feel they can report truthfully. And tell us about what happened when the COVID-19 pandemic hit. Understanding society was in a really lucky position. We lucky position. We had started the survey as a face-to-face -face survey. And then over the years, we'd been testing different modes of data collection. So we'd been testing telephone, and then we started testing web as well as a mode. And over the years, we ended up with the mode design that I mentioned earlier. So we're, we're using a combination of all three, web, face-to-face -face, and telephone interviewing. And so that meant that in March 2020, when the pandemic hit us here in this country, we already had the questionnaires set up in all three modes. We had all the logistics. We were already using all three modes. So from one day to the next, we were literally able to just drop face-to-face -face interviewing and instead what we did was we started inviting everybody to complete the survey online. And then if they didn't do that, we had telephone interviewers follow up with them. So that was really quite amazing. <laughs> um, it meant that we were able to continue fieldwork 
throughout. So unlike other unlike other studies who unfortunately had to stop field work or needed additional time to develop the questionnaires in other modes, for example, we literally have collected data throughout the pandemic. You probably know that we interview our sample members once a year and very quickly in March 2020, we decided that that was probably not enough for us to collect data about how the pandemic was affecting people's lives. And so we were able to set up an additional study, the COVID-19 study that we first fielded in April 2020, where we asked people about the impact of COVID on their health, on their employment, on their household situation and so on. And we fielded that as a web survey and then in some months also as a telephone survey. So from April onwards, this was done every month and then from July onwards, every two months. For the annual interviews, the lead times between when the questionnaires are developed, so we decide what we're going to ask and when and then to inform policy and provide evidence along. This is a process that takes several years. And so we felt that was too slow. So the COVID study, we managed to do a really, really quick turnaround. So I already said we started thinking about this in March 2020. We fielded the first survey in April. And at the end of May, we already released the data in the archive. So we made the data available much more quickly. And obviously, we were able to adapt the questionnaire every month to changes in the policy environment and changes in how the pandemic was evolving. Really, the contribution, the value of the Understanding Society COVID study is, well, several things. First of all, it's a probability sample of the population, so it's a representative sample. We've already collected several years worth of data about these people, so we have a lot of background baseline information that can be used to analyse how the pandemic has impacted people differently depending on you know, their situation pre-pandemic. We're also going to be continuing to interview these people post We're also going to be continuing to interview these people post, you know, future post pandemic. Um, so the data will be usable to look at the impacts of the pandemic on longer term outcomes. Then we interview all adult members of the household. So the data can be used to look at the impact of the pandemic on dynamics within the household. And then also we were able to secure some additional funding to do a telephone version in some months. So that brought in very different types of people who didn't complete the online survey. So all these different features mean that mean that it's a really valuable resource, valuable data that really complement the annual interview data. So as we move out of the pandemic, what would you like to return to? So what we would like to return to is a mixed mode approach where we invite a large part of the sample to complete the survey online, but then those who don't, we try to interview with a, an in-person interviewer. So it would be a combination of modes. Can you tell us about of modes? Can you tell us about the innovation panel? The innovation panel is a separate sample. The sample is selected in the same way as the main sample and is interviewed in the same way. So the questionnaire basically is the same and the methods are the same. The key difference is that we use this separate survey for methods testing and experimentation. So that is exactly what's allowed us to trial telephone interviewing as an alternative or in combination with face-to-face -face interviewing and then also to trial the web survey as an alternative. So for several years now, we've been doing experiments with these different modes and the experiments where we randomly allocate households to different modes then allow us to carefully analyze what the implications of using different modes are on the representativeness of the study, the response rates, and also measurement. 
And that's also actually why we were able to set up the COVID study so quickly. That's because we've been on the innovation. That's because we've been on the innovation panel trialing ways in which we might get in touch with our sample month members every month. So between the annual interviews, to check in with them and see whether they've experienced any big life events. So that might be job changes, partnership changes, um, illness births, those kind of things where ideally we would like to collect data about those events close in time to when they happen. And that's because we'd like to ask them about their expectations, about things that, you know, if we ask them a year later, they will probably give us a different answer from if we asked them at that time. When the pandemic started, we literally said, why don't we use what we've been developing for this monthly data collection and piggyback the COVID study on that? And that's you know how we were able to within one month set up this new study so the innovation panel is a really really valuable aspect of understanding society 